shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Every single spring, that first day that I walk outside and I see that yellow dust all over my truck, I'm like, that is Satan's dandruff. It destroys me. I legitimately can't go outside for longer than three minutes because my eyes get swollen, my eyes get puffy, my nose gets congested, and I just simply can't breathe. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. When I started taking Claritin D about two months ago, I can finally get back outside and play pickleball again, which is what I love to do, but I couldn't do it because my allergies were so bad. Claritin D has legitimately allowed me to go outside again, ready to live life as if you don't have allergies it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Today, Human Hope is brought to you by E-L-I-C. When I was growing up, my dad would say in every one of his sermons, because he preached at Primera Iglesia Batista de Pico Rivera, first bilingual Baptist church of Pico Rivera, and he would always say, Dios es el mismo en inglés y español. God is the same in English and in Spanish. Now, the reason why he would say that is because he would literally preach his sermons in English and in Spanish at the same time, like one sentence, then he would translate himself. Because all the old people spoke Spanish, but all the young people spoke English. And it was important he did that so that everybody in the room could hear the good news. Now, let me tell you what ELIC does. They are dedicated to changing lives by equipping and sending people to teach English in unreached areas of the planet. We're talking about Asia, the Middle East, North Africa. And what I love about it is they train people like you. So if you're a college student, if you're a recent graduate, or really beyond, ELIC has a program specifically for you. I mean, imagine for just a second being able to go to Asia, teach English to people there so that they can be able to consume more good news. That is what I'm talking about. So they've got a two to six week option in the summer. That's perfect for college students. So if you're a college student, if you're a graduate, if you've got a child that's a college student like I do, what an incredible opportunity for them to get out and see the world and literally be human hope to the planet. Listen, if you or someone you know is ready to create hope with that global impact, visit elic.org slash human hope. I'm serious. Go do it right now. ELIC.org slash human hope. Hey, come on, come on, come on. Men, women, and children, hope is in the building. 
What is going on, Human Hope Familia? Welcome to episode 123 of the Human Hope Podcast with your host, say it with me, Carlos Enrique Whitaker Guzman Archibald Cabello. That's right. I still have yet to meet one of you that can do that correctly. Uh, I know you're out there. I know you exist. Carlos Enrique Whitaker Guzman Archibald Cabello. I am um, back from the middle of tour. When I say in the middle of tour, two weeks down, two to go. Two weeks down, two to go. We've been all over. We've been to Tampa. We've been to Charlotte. We've been to Norfolk, Virginia. I, I feel like I cuss every time I say that, but that's how you say it. I didn't want to say it on stage because I was like, they're like, it's not Norfolk, it's Norfolk. And I'm like, I can't say that. But I, but I did, and I, it, was, it was horrible. It was embarrassing. And then where do we go after that? I can't remember. We, we uh, oh no, we went to Jersey. Uh, had an Insta Familia meetup in Jersey. That was fun. Met a bunch of new friends. Uh, then I had a couple days off. And then last week, where, where were we? We were in, I, I'm at that point in a tour where I don't remember. Minneapolis, yep, started there. Then we went to like uh, Chicago, but it wasn't Chicago. It was like, Chicago land is what I called it. That was fun. We, I did an Insta Familia meetup in uh, Reading, Pennsylvania. That was a blast. And there was another city in there somewhere. <laughs> so I've been having a good time on the Summer Worship Nights tour with Brandon Lake, Phil Wickham, and KB. We're still coming. This week, this week I think we're doing Nashville. I know we're doing Nashville. Uh, today, when you get this, when you, when you listen to this, when this comes out, we'll be in Nashville, Tennessee, then New Orleans, Louisiana, then San Antonio, Texas, then Fort Worth, Texas, then home, and then Ontario, California, which is Southern California, and then Sacramento, California, and then Fresno, California, and then San Diego, California. And then I'm done. And then I'm done. Oh my gosh, I could cry. Listen, I love tour. Man, my old body, 49-year-old body, ain't do those bunks very well anymore. So... It's been kind of rough. Okay, listen, I am chit-chatting too long. Oh, stop, wait. I do want to tell you one more thing. I am running for a week. So it's actually been going for a few days already, sorry. So you only have a couple of days. But a 15% off of my uh, merch store. So what I'm trying to do is uh, get rid of everything in my merch store. All of it. I want it gone. Why? Because I got new stuff that I want for the fall. But in order to get new stuff, I got to sell the old stuff. And... You, you buying this merch, I just want, I'm just going to be just very plain and simple with you guys, is helping me do something that I've always dreamed of. And you're going to cry when I tell you what it is. <laughs> so it is very helpful to my life when you do this. So uh, even if you don't, if you don't like the shirts, buy one and give them away. Okay. So the code is SUMMER, all caps, S-U-M-M-E-R. You get 15% off all orders, everything. And I've got my, my uh, tour-specific merch, human on the front, be human, see humans, free humans on the back, and then hope wins on the front. All that merch is also in the store. So if you didn't come on tour this summer, guess what? You can get it. Code S-U-M-M-E-R, 15% off. Okay, um, let's get on to today's show because I I've been wanting to like, oh, man, I'm not going to start crying that early. Um, recording this early in the morning, but um, the way that mine and Heather's lives are tangled up with Blake and Allie's life, lives, is 
God sent. We have today on the podcast two of our best friends on planet Earth, and um, we raised our kids together. I would say, this is not a stretch to say, at least 50% of the things we did as far as like, well, we should try this with our kids, we got from Blake and Allie. They were just a step ahead of us in, a, in their season of parenting, right? So like our daughters were the same ages as their two youngest daughters, but then they had two older daughters. And so we were constantly watching what, what they were doing. And when I tell you that the Bergstroms have raised four of the most incredible young women on planet earth, I, this is not an exaggeration. These women are world changers. I got to perform Montana's wedding a couple years ago. They're all, they're all married or engaged. But when we were growing, when, when our kids were growing up together, obviously they were like, you know, seven and nine and 11 and 13. And I got to watch them. Now here's the kicker. Ready? This is where things, <laughs> this is where the parenting really, uh, oh man. So in 2011, when I destroyed my life and my family and made decisions that were medicating to me that destroyed everything. I lost my family, got kicked out of my house, and all of that is in my book, Kill the Spider. If this is all new to you, my book, Kill the Spider, I, I lean in all this. The knock on the front door, when, um, Heather, when I couldn't find Heather and my laptop was gone and everything was gone, and it was just me and my kids, the knock on the front door was Blake and Allie. And they, you know, we, at this point we'd known each other like two years, but we'd done a lot of life together and they just looked me in the eyes and they said, Hey, um, Heather, uh, wants the kids. Um, and she wants you out of the house. And so began the darkest season of my life. Now, Heather was at Blake and Allie's house in this moment. Um, she had gone straight over there and they were reading emails and all of my web of lies was falling apart. And they came to tell me that Heather wanted me gone. And the second thing that they said is, you can live with us. So here I am, we, we have the same best friends and uh, I move in with them and they're beautiful girls. And here I was without a family, but adopted by theirs. And I was in a place where I was able to heal. And I think that the acceleration of my healing, because spoiler alert, if you follow me now, Heather's upstairs and my kids are all here. We, we're, 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 we were healed, reconciled. God is good. There's hope. Again, kill the spider. But I don't think that my healing, I, I, I can be honest with you, would have happened had I not been surrounded by Blake, Allie, and their four girls. I was seen and freed under their roof. The way they parented their daughters to not judge me while still in relationship with my daughters, the way they parented their daughters to pray for me, I'm just telling you, these are two of the greatest human beings on planet earth. And um, honestly, two of the greatest parents. And if I've got a parenting, if I've had a parenting question for another parent, they're who I go to every single time. So now you know the guts of the relationship. And now that you know the guts, let's join in with our friends, Blake and Allie. I wish we could have been in the same room. Uh, we had to do this over the internet. 
but I know that you're going to love them. I know you're going to appreciate them. And uh, I don't know if I, if I talked about the fact that Blake had the very first viral video that I've ever seen before YouTube. You may remember it where the pastor, instead of saying, pitch the tents, accidentally said something else. <laughs> okay. Exactly the intro they wanted. Human Hope fam, give it up for Blake and Allie. Here we go. Heather, we are sitting with some of our best friends on planet Earth. Um, Via the internet. No, they, they're not our internet best friends. They're, oh, you're right. I mean, we're not sitting with them. Oh, we're not sitting them. with them. No, I'm looking at them yes, uh, on, a on a computer screen, on a MacBook Air, um, somewhere in the bowels of South Atlanta, uh, have <laughs> our our two friends, Blake and Allie Bergstrom. Will you just say hello to the Human Hope listeners? We are thrilled <laughs> that you guys would have us. Love you guys. I do wish we were sitting in a living room together. I know. I know. I do too. Blake. I want to say hi because I've been a part of this Institute Familia <laughs> for a long time. And I love all y'all folks. I love the way you love Carlos and Heather and their whole crew and their dogs and their birds. <laughs> and their whole and their bees. Their bees. Yeah. Their and their yeah. So we just, we love all y'all. Thanks for having us today, Carlos. Absolutely. We, we, we chose you. Well, I could, I could have had you on 40 different subject matters <laughs> when it comes to what I talk about on my podcast, but we chose specifically for the first and not last time that you'll be on the Human Hope Podcast to talk about parenting, to talk about what it means to be a parent. Because when I asked my Human Hope familia, what do you want What do you want me to do a series on? They were like, parenting, 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 parenting. And it was like a thousand questions about parenting. And so neither yourselves nor ourselves are parenting experts, but we have parented together for a long time, which I think is something that that we all can just kind of, you know, chat about for a little bit. Um, so let me let me do this. Let me let me kind of throw the softball your way, uh, and both of you can answer this and however you feel. But talk to us about what raising your kids cross pollinated with us raising our kids has been like for you. Like like let's just kind of tell can, can tell I a little bit of our share story about their kids. Talk about your kids. How many kids do you have? Oh, yeah, sure. That's yeah. really important in the parenting. Yeah, I was going to get there, but you can go oh, ahead and take sorry. over. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so we have four daughters, Madison and Ryan Montana Mercy, and those girls are all incredibly close with your, especially your two oldest. Right. Uh, or Losiah. was all, yeah. But the way that we have cross-pollinated, I, I can, uh, I'll never forget a story of going to McDonald's with Losiah. And he was probably, how old was he? Probably like four, maybe. Yeah, four or he five years old. He, he was just, itty. Yeah. And we walked in and there was a homeless guy that was sitting there and he was so hungry. I don't and, know the story. Yes, you do. And and he, he didn't have any money. He was sitting there wanting to eat food. And so Losiah asked me, will you... Will you feed him? Can we get him something? And he said he has a dollar in his pocket. And he gave me his dollar. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, son, we'll buy whatever you want. <laughs> and so we, we went up and got him some food. And I'll never forget Losiah watching him eat and sitting. But we sat beside him. And, um, yeah, I'm getting emotional, man. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I've never heard that story in my entire life. 
ever. Yeah. Now, probably when, well, listen, let's be fair. Probably (laughs) when Losiah was four years old, you may have told me that story and I was in no way, shape or form healthy enough to even recall. So, you know, that is beautiful. Wow. That, that is sweet. But, but we have so many stories together. Yeah. yeah. Oh. We cross-pollinated um, because you guys were on staff at a church that we were going to attend. Allie, you actually went. We didn't really know each other. We met each other maybe once or twice at a party. But you actually went and picked out our condo that we were going to oh, rent. yes. She went and I checked it out for Brandy. us. Yeah. And then, you know, that first day we pulled in and there were all these people here and you're like unpacking my underwear drawer. And I'm like, oh, I guess we're like friends. We're in. (laughs) We're in because they're unloading and all your kids were there serving. And I would say for me, your kids, that is like they are. You ask them to do something and they are 100 percent in, whether that's tornado, whether that's plant or, you know, celebrating a party, whether whatever it is like. Your kids are, I'm, I'm there. I'm there to do it. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, I, I do remember that too. And I remember, I mean, I guess how old, how old would Madison have been in that? How old was Manny? She's now 26. 26. But when we first met, when, how old was she when you you guys moved here? Or to Nashville? 2009. Probably 13 or 14 maybe. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. That's about right. That's about right. Yeah. Um, I, I just, yeah, I remember too, moving in our little condo and walking in, seeing all these little girls. And I was like, who are these, who are all these little girls just running around? Like, you know, and then my girls were like enamored by yours. And so began the beginning of, you know, watching our kids literally become sisters, become like, sisters. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it, we have, we have watched our kids do gymnastics in our front yard for hours. Every song time Taylor Swift cut an album, <laughs> we were memorizing it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do all together. the dances. Yeah. And all so, the wardrobe changes. Oh yeah. All and the fighting. Together. All the arguing. There's lots of fighting. All the phone calls. The and drama. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. 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 Teenager girls, and and now you know, now we find ourselves, you know, I had the honor of standing at the f- end of the aisle as you walked down, um, one of your beautiful daughters, you know, and it got the opportunity to marry them, and you know, it just is. I mean, yeah, you know, you when, when, yeah, when you Montana, the- when when they called me to ask if I would marry, I just remember like. I was by myself in a hotel parking lot in a <laughs> rental car and just weeping, like bawling. Like, I just remember going like, God is so good. You know, like it's, I, I f- t- t- let's go here for a second. I feel like a lot of people, and I think maybe rightfully so, because there's some respects of it, but, but they mourn their kids getting older. They mourn, you know, moving out of the, you know, little princess, you know, world into adulthood. I kind of like, although there are things to mourn, like talk to us about the blessings of seeing your daughters grow up and where you, where you find yourself now, because a lot of the people that are listening to this podcast are probably thinking they're, they either have toddlers or they're in the throes of tweenageville and they're like, Oh my gosh, this is miserable. Like, are, are they ever going to talk to us about the beauty that you guys find yourself in this current season? Yeah. So our baby is 20 yeah. and all of our girls are adults. They're, they're full blown. Three of them are married. We've got grandkids, like three, crazy yeah and now like to know our kids enjoy being around us 
and we really enjoy being around them. Like we are friends. Yeah. We're still, we're still parents. Like, I don't think you ever really stop parenting. Um, it's just very different, but we love spending time with our kids and they love to spend time with us, which is such a huge blessing. How, how, how did that happen? That's what, that's what people are listening. People are, people are going like, I want that. I want that. How can I get my kids to want to be with me? I think, can I say never once did we hang out where our kids weren't there? Mm. Like never once did we like separate ourselves from our kids. It literally was always family. Literally the only time we ever did was a month ago and our kids were (laughs) so jealous. They were so mad that we didn't take them on vacation with us. But, but that's our relation. Like you guys, whatever you did, whether it was serving, whether it was in the church, whether it was work in the work in like used to have a woodworking shop, you, your kids were a part. They were always there. They were always active. They were always there, you know? And so I think that translates into adulthood because you've always had friendship, even though you're parenting, you, you know, when they were home, they were always a part. So of course, naturally they still want that. Yeah. What do you guys say? We're both homeschooling parents. And so when we, we made that decision, I was a youth pastor and I remember um, going to the schools and being overwhelmed with the fact that there were 17 adult voices in a, in a kid's life per day. Mm. And this was like 20 years ago. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh. So so how is it that how can my voice stand out amongst the thick surrounding crowd of coaches and parents I mean, coaches and teachers and all, all the voices they hear every day? And I, I wanted my voice to be stronger than that. And so Allie felt called to be a homeschooling mom. And but but the turn because of that, I think both of our parent kids are very good at talking to adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They never were afraid to talk to adults. Right. So uh, then it's because we had so much conversation with them. But you ask you ask how um, we asked our kids a bunch of questions today to like talk to us about the good and the bad of things that we did well and things we did awful at. And one of the things they said over and over is how we made intentional time to be around the dining table mm. three to five times. Mm-hmm. Like we worked hard wow. to have conversation and and be engaged with their day to day life. Um, but we did something. If if I'm going to give you the one parenting, can I, can I go ahead. Yeah. Back on that real fast. And it wasn't just around the table. Like everybody's. I mean, it's a different time. Yeah, we're so old, but. Everybody's got cell phones now. Our kids didn't have those. Yeah. We didn't really, we didn't bring them to the table. So conversation happened. Eye contact happened. Um, and I think, like you said, Heather, our kids were always around. When the four of us were together, our kids were in yeah. and out and in and out. Right. And our kids, all of them, all seven of them collectively, I think really felt like their voice mattered. In yeah. our friendship, it mattered. In our parenting, in our relationship, it mattered. They weren't hushed because they were little. Mm-hmm. They, that's good. Their voice mattered. And I think, yeah, it's good. I think that plays a part in, they know we wanted them around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is all I've got. You, uh, we probably <laughs> this, is the, this is the one, the one swing you got right here. We can end the podcast <laughs> yeah. after this. Yeah. I'm sure that my children will have counseling because of us eventually. Absolutely. No, they are. They are. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's that. But I will say that if there's one thing that I'm proud of, um, I'll never forget when I was leaving um, Bible college to go be a pastor. I was having these massive doubts and I was like, I don't, 
I don't know if I can teach this because I'm not sure I believe it. And I went to my favorite professor and I told him I'm struggling. I think this is a lot of this is great literature, but I'm Mm. not sure if it's true. And I actually struggle, especially with the the story of Jonah. And I I feel like it's a beautiful literary piece that's like timed perfectly. And I was like, I'm not sure. It it sounds like it's fable. It was in fish for three days. (laughs) <laughs> and then Nineveh came to know the Lord. I'm strong. It's a big, beautiful, powerful message, but I'm not sure it's true. So I, I was telling him that. And he said, Blake, what do you want to be? And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, what, what kind of life do you want to have? Like, what kind of person do you want to become is what he was asking me. And I said, well, I don't know. I want to have to be filled with joy and love and kindness and goodness. He goes, that, right there, that. He said, if you'll do that and you'll produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life, You'll be proud of the legacy that you have. Like, just just go do that. And I was like, Doc, his name is Doc Reese. Doc, yeah. that, was worth, that was worth every penny I paid for this. <laughs> right? Thank you. I, and I, I I left going, I want my life to be built on the fruit of the Spirit. Like, yeah. the, what the world's hungry yeah. for is gentleness, right? Yeah. Where's that? To be kindness, joy. Right. Who really has joy, right? And so... I decided to build everything, every business I've ever built, every ministry I've ever had, but especially every child that I've raised to look like through the spirit. And so <laughs> if there's go. one thing that I wanted to see, he's a girl dad. That, yeah. Alive <laughs> in my kids. And so around my dining table, we would regularly say, Hey, talk about the fruit that you saw this week. And then Madison would say, well, in mercy to this today, I saw gentleness, or and Mariah would say, well, Mama, in you, I saw peace or gentleness and kindness, right? And we taught them to talk about the fruit right. that they saw in one another's life three to five times a week we would yeah, do that. That's, good. that was, that's not all we had. And so now the repercussions of that is they long for that. They still come to our house and do that, married with their husbands. When we go on family vacation, they want to do that. But not just that. Here's the best part. Our kids will walk up to anybody and they'll tell I'm sorry. They'll tell them, hey, I just want you to know that I I see the love of God in you. Yeah. And they'll just start telling them like things that they see in them. And so if we've done anything right in parenting, it's mm-hmm. them to two things. Them uh learning to listen to the voice of God. Yep. Right? Learning to hear the voice. I think that's our only job as parents. Sure. And number good. two. Then number two, with authority, being able to speak on behalf mm-hmm. of God. Good. Right? Like being able to say, hey, I, fe- I, I think I heard this, felt this, saw this, whatever. I need to tell you this. Dang. And so uh, that's it. We can go. That's all I got. Yeah. It's given our kids the um, confidence to speak life over people. Sure. Not just each other, not just their spouse, but literally they're looking for the fruits of the spirit in the world around them. So it's given them eyes to really look for that. And I think and they see it. Yeah. And I think that is teamed with one of the things that I've, I've, I've met a lot of people and, and I can say that you are some of the few that literally like, like I know that Losiah, you, you tell, tell that story of Losiah and the homeless man, but you saw the homeless man. Like you, like I remember driving down a freeway and pulling over because there was a homeless man. Like, or the, the amount of times there are people in your house. You took Carlos in. Like the amount of people that you have not sheltered your kids from real life 
from the pain that life comes with, but you shepherd them to show those fruits within the crap of life. Mm -hmm. Like, and so I think that that the beauty of that is that your kids are not like these projects that are like love joy, you know, and just like these little like goody tissues that are like checking all the, I'm a good kid box and showing love and kindness. Like they're actually seeing the heartbreak of life and applying it there. And that's a difference in that you guys have done so well as far as of having a heart that truly sees people and loves people that are probably not the easiest to love. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. That was very kind. I, I would like to say we, we try our hardest to live our life on mission. Now we, we do, we have worked on a church staff a lot, but there's been so much church hurt and so much right. pain yeah. at every one of those churches being fired, immorality, sexual stuff, just right. gross stuff that my kids have been, have had to see and watch. And so sometimes it's protecting them from the church, but then also seeing our kids defend who we are in the midst of really broken system, sure. right? Them speaking life into us. And like, I remember I got fired from a church in Colorado and my daughter Mariah just said, "Well, that's because that's because Pastor Todd doesn't know who you are, Daddy." She was like, Sick. <laughs> I love it. I remember, like, yeah. Here's here's one of the things that I would also say that is very important in parenting. We do we do uh, get them involved in downtown inner city ministry. They were involved in you know if somebody needed to move, we were helping. There was always that sort of you know help help kind of service stuff. Mm-hmm. But we also every time one of them turned fourteen, we took them on an international missions trip. Mm-hmm. So that was a big part of growing up. And we also as a family went to Africa and served. So we wanted them to be like have have an eyes for, for a global world and help sure. see the world sure. in all of its brokenness. That was, that was a big part of their, I don't know, that really shaped them. Yeah. yeah. I think along with that is we have created space for our, for us to not be okay. Our kids to not be okay mm-hmm. for the people we invite into our home to not be okay. And, right. But to know that in community, there's healing. Right. And in community, there's joy. And in community, you know, that's where that's where the deep love and life happens. And so our kids have seen us struggle and we've been as honest as we could for whatever age they were. Right. With um, if they asked questions, we told them the truth. We didn't shelter them, like you were saying. Right. It was it was honest. And so as our kids have struggled, there's a safety in our home because they've seen broken people in our home be loved right. and it's safe there that there's just a safety that they can, they can be questioning their faith. They can be yeah. um, walking, you know, off the straight and narrow and come and confess it. And there's safety and healing yeah. and they know we're not going. You know how weird it. that is. It's, it's really rare to have kids that feel like they can openly talk about their sin. Right. Yeah. Where they can, they're like safe to talk about where they're jacked up. Right. And so that, that we, I mean, like my son-in-laws, now that, that they're in our family, they also talk to me about struggles that they have. Right. And they're real. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. But right. you guys have created that same environment for your kids and it's safe in your home and they're, they're honest. 
This week, Human Hope is partnering with Simple Modern. Y'all, I finally got my Tumblr back. My son stole my Simple Modern Tumblr and I got it back. And guess what? When I walk around, people are like, that's a nice Tumblr. Wait a second. I don't see that certain logo on it. That's right. Because it's not that certain logo. It's not that expensive. It is a great, a great Tumblr that keeps my stuff hot or keeps my stuff cold. And in this season, I want everything to stay cold. Simple Modern is a fast growing company that is one of the top drinkware providers to Target, Walmart, and Amazon. Okay. They're the perfect brand for everything you need this summer because it is hot. But they also have everything you need for back to school. They got backpacks drinkware, lunch bags, and all your favorite designs. Maybe the best part is that they give 10% of profits to nonprofits that are committed to causes like solving the water crisis, fighting human trafficking, education, ending homelessness, and helping underprivileged communities. So listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go to simplemodern.com slash human hope. And by sharing your email, you'll get a unique discount code just for you or bundle and save for back to school. I just think LA of what was that like three anyways a period not long ago when one of our kids was not well but she was literally not well she okay that narrows <laughs> it down two out of three down. like literally was not well in front of you guys and I love that like they literally felt safe and loved where she was breaking down yeah. literally at the table that everyone else was around but we were all there going, okay, like we're in it. Well, you're the same, Heather. Our daughters, when they're hurt, they're like, I, I need to call Miss Heather. Yeah. Like they still feel like you're part of, like a, you've been a voice and a mother in their life. Yeah. So Carlos, that's community. That's like deep, deep community, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I think that hearing you say that you, you create a safe place for them to not be okay. I'm thinking as a listener going like, okay, how do I do that? How mm-hmm. do I... How do I create a safe place for my kids? They're only two right now. It, do I do something now or do I have to wait until they're 15 and smoking pot? How do I create a safe place for them to feel again and I, and, and to, to the, for them to feel like they can come to you, but also, you know, how do you create a, a safe enough space where other people are bringing their struggles into your home while wanting to protect your kids from, you know, because I'm sure a lot of people are like, well, I mean, I don't know. Like, can I bring somebody in and are my kids going to be OK? Like, are they going to be bad influences? Are they going to, you know, talk to us a little bit about that? Well, I think the first question, like, is, are, is two years old too young? Like, how do you start right. there? But I think something that we did you know, we were babies having babies. Right. We were mm-hmm. 20 and 22. We didn't know what we were doing. In fact, I might go ahead and say <laughs> that for grandparents, you have to admit we are sexy. Yeah, parents. yeah. You guys, you guys are hot. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. Like, like I'm like hotgrandparents.com. Actually, don't put <laughs> don't put that in your Let's browser. We're, we're not gonna put that website on this in the show notes because if you click that, you may see things you don't want to see. <laughs> That's terrible. So, but so. but like we had we didn't have tools in our toolbox. Okay. So there was a lot of intense fellowship. (laughs) And then there was a lot of, Hey kids, I am so sorry. I, the amount of times I had to go to my girls and say, girls, I completely disrespected your dad and you witnessed that. And I am so sorry. Will you please forgive me? Mm, Just teaching kids that it's okay to, own when you fail yeah yeah 
That's really it's not cool. gonna fail. It's like perfection's not expected. Right. Right. It can't be. I love so. It. Um, what was the second question? Uh, it, second it was it was more about the second part was bringing people in and around you that that may be off the straight and narrow. And, you know, some parents may be thinking, well, are my kids like going to be able to handle, you know, somebody like somebody that's that's ruined their family and moving <laughs> in and eating Del Taco every night at 1130 p.m.? You know, like, are my kids going to be like like uh, manipulated by these sinners? Said so I'm talking one. about myself. I'm, I'm literally talking about myself. For for the podcast listeners that that don't know this, haven't read "Kill the Spider," uh, I moved in with uh, the Bergstrom family when I destroyed my life, and they happily brought me in. Yeah, and and so yeah, but just talk about that because. But yeah. you're, but you're not the only one. You no, are I was just on a long many. line. Like I'm glad that there was room at the end because you guys always mm-hmm. had a bunch of knuckleheads in your house. I like I like to say we take on strays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think there is a obviously you have to walk in discernment and wisdom. And if there's real concern for the safety of your children, don't invite obviously. somebody in. But yeah. but at the same time, for kids to see, even like we had Carlos, you were a success story in our home. <laughs> but we had We've had people live with us that weren't reconciled to their family and they were angry yeah. and bitter. And and those moments are as teachable right. as the moments where Carlos is repentant. You know, like yeah. it's as we, we never wanted to shelter our kids from those hard things. So when said person would leave to go to work, we'd say, guys, I know you heard X, Y, Z. Um, that's, that is in no way to talk about another human being. Mm, that's good. Whether you're angry with them or not, whether they've hurt you or not, like, like just teachable moment right. of, I, I don't know. I think the risk is worth it. Yeah. That's so interesting. I, I feel like we are afraid of teachable moments in mm. our culture right now. I feel like we'd rather coat everyone and make sure everything is in Ooh, place instead there. of Ooh. actually walking into the mess or, you know, living in it or inviting people to, you know, live with you. And, you know, it's the number one thing that people say, how did your kids get this way? I'm like, they saw like a disaster and they also saw us like heal and they mm-hmm. walked with us in it. And that's why they have this well and, and maturity. Also, you know, when it comes, I think two things. Number one, I I remember, you know, just from my experience living with you, with both of you and your beautiful family, kids kids are a lot more. They're they're not only a lot more resilient than we give them credit for, but they're they're wise. They, you know, yes, we need to protect our kids from things, but also like your kids were healing for me, like 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 your literal children. I I'm. I could start crying right now, but like your literal children were healing for me when I didn't know if I was ever going to live with my family again. I, actually, at this point, maybe a month in, I wasn't ever. Blake looked me square in the eye. I was like, nah, Heather's fine without you. You know, um, and and I would come home at 1130 with my Del Taco and my Captain Crunch. And I would sit at the table and your daughters would just come up to me and they would hug me and they were like, Uncle Carlos, come watch this with us. Come watch this. And they were literally part of my healing. And so I just, I, I just, as, as careful as we need to be with our children, obviously don't um, discount 
the role that they can play in someone else's healing as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Know. We also had, um, Blake, you guys talked about the wood shop in the backyard. We had, when Blake left ministry and he was doing <laughs> woodworking in our backyard, people thought we were crazy. Like here we are homeschooling our four daughters and, and they're like blonde headed, gorgeous bombshells. <laughs> they're just the cutest little things. And then we've got um, a, a business yeah. in our backyard that is for addicts and yeah. homeless. And, um, and it was, it was a rougher crew of guys <laughs> and, but we would have lunch together around our table and there were literally men sitting at our table who had never eaten a meal with a family around a table and to be able yeah. to give that gift to somebody mm-hmm. and to withhold that just feels cruel. So I, I love, there's this one story where I went hunting and while I was gone, I had forgotten that I invited this guy to come and work in the wood. <laughs> awesome. I've for, yeah. forgotten that I invited a felon into my house, but I was hunting. No, no, he was a felon. Oh, he no, was. He was a full grill. He, and, yeah. Can I tell the story? Because okay. I'm the I was scarred. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm on the door at seven o'clock in the morning. Blake's nowhere to be found. We did have a big dog, which was comforting, but I and we lived in the country, so it's not like we had people to show up and knock on the door. You don't just show up at our house, and so I open the door, and there is a probably six yeah, foot huge. six man with gold teeth and yes. i was like can i help you and he goes it's pastor blake here <laughs> like, okay he knows him from church and i said he's not can i help you what do you need and he goes well he told me i could come do some work because blake would just when he was still on staff he would just hire these guys because he wanted to spend time with them <laughs> and they needed work they weren't hireable and so I'm like, well, come on in. He'll be here in just a little bit. The whole time I'm thinking, I have no clue when he's going to be home. And there's four girls upstairs and it's me and I'm five, two. So <laughs> he sits down. I was like, can I get you some coffee? And he goes, sure. And I said, so how'd you meet Blake? And he goes, well, I got out of prison two weeks ago. <laughs> and, and I'm like going, oh, maybe we are crazy. Maybe this is the Maybe this okay, is it. This is the moment. <laughs> But do you know that that guy spent two years yeah. every five days a week? He'd drive out to our house. Wow. He's eating with our family. Like literally he was a throwaway human. He felt like yeah. nobody mm-hmm. will ever hire me. Nobody will ever love me. And because our family took the risk. Yeah. In his words, he always would say, I feel like I'm the old piece of wood. Cause I would take old wood oh, and restore it. Come on, dude. <laughs> And he, he was like, his name was Amir. I, and he's just such a special man. He just became a part of our family. Yeah. But that that's like one story of, uh, you know, I don't Resilient. know, 10 or 15. Yeah, yeah. That were, that lived in our home and became a part of our business. And my kids, you know, all love them like their family. Yeah. And um, so. There yeah. have been a couple times we've invited somebody in and, and yeah. <laughs> Blake panicked and then slept like by the door that the person was, you know, because yeah. he really did bring a homeless man in for Christmas Eve one right, night. Right, right. Of course. 
he slept in front of the door because he's like, I, I don't was, know this. Person. I was packing again. Yeah, I was ready. That <laughs> <laughs> was probably not. See, that's where wisdom would come in. You wouldn't do that. This is the, yeah, this, this, is the, this is the parenting 201 seminar class. <laughs> you know, exactly. Once you get past 101, you, you can bring in sleep with a gun next to the door. <laughs> right. Amazing. Amazing. What do you guys feel when it comes to this may be a little touchy here when it when, when not really touchy, but, but one thing that kind of drives me a little batty these days is people that are constantly just trying to protect their kids from whatever, like the, we, we live, we, we don't, this world has nothing for us, right? That we, we are in this world, but not of it. There is debauchery, everywhere. And sometimes I get a little frustrated when I am in a conversation with, with either, it could be on Twitter, it could be anywhere where people are like, no, we've got to protect our kids. We've got to protect our kids. We've got to protect our kids from the debauchery that is, you know, out there in the world. Talk to us. And maybe we've kind of leaned into this a little bit, but a, a little bit about your, your point of view. And now I'm, I'm, I'm more talking about like little kids now. Okay. So I want you to put like your toddler hat on about raising your kids in a morally righteous environment as as you as as morally righteous morally righteous may be the wrong way to say it but as you can create for them yet not also but yet also not just protecting them from everything right so i feel like it's impossible to protect our kids from everything like like it's it's just impossible so do you have any words for the parents that feel like Blake and Allie, Carlos and Heather, like it's just too, there's too much coming at them. I'm going to lock my kid in the house forever. They can't watch TV. They can't have a phone. They can't do all these things because the world is coming. The world is coming. And I just feel like there's a whole, the sky is falling mentality in at least the spaces I'm in. And I'm like, listen, like our kids are going to be okay, but that doesn't really help people in the parenting thing. So I really kind of throw that to Heather, to Blake, to Allie. What do you say to maybe, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe we should be protecting our kids from every, you know, uh, image of debauchery that, that they're going to see. But in my head, I, I don't know if we can do that. So how do we handle how current culture may be pouring more, more of that stuff for our kids to see than maybe when we were raising our kids when they were younger? Yeah, I don't think it's, you can't, unless you don't take them to the grocery store. Sure. <laughs> like you can turn the TV on, like it's everywhere. So that's, it's impossible. Uh -huh. You can't keep them at home locked up forever. But. Can I speak to that just a little bit? Yeah. So I, I spoke about how there's 17 voices and those are, those are different adults that were in our kids' lives. And I think since we both are homeschooling parents, a lot of times, as soon as you say that, a lot of people think, oh, so they wear a blue dress and sure. all they mm -hmm. listen to, right? Mary, Mary Poppins is all they've ever seen on TV, and right? And they they only listen to music that's like symphonies. You know, there's these <laughs> music like 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 of what a, a homeschool. I think that's changed a lot. Yeah. But the truth is, um, when you think about the, the amount of media and what happens on a phone, and as a parent, how do you parent through? the struggles of how much time a, per, a kid should be on a phone and all the voices and all the movies that when you say voice, I'm not talking about just adults. I'm talking about the voices of influencers mm -hmm. uh, that are found sure. on TikTok and, and Snapchat and all, all the ways that they can be bombarded today. 
And that's why that's why I think it's more important now than ever for parents to be the spiritual authority and the spiritual leaders over the hearts of their kids, mm. that they're actually guarding it and protecting them from all of those voices and speaking truth over louder than uh, the rest it. of the world. Yeah. And so I think that's what you're trying trying to say. Yeah, thanks for helping and, me because uh, I really had a hard time trying to say it. It but, took a long time. Yeah. Yeah. This week, we are once again partnering with Indeed. Is hiring a challenge? Yes, right. Do you love a challenge? Well, of course not. Not if you don't got some help, okay? You need a hiring partner that can help you rise to the challenge. Who is that? That is Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed is a hiring platform that can help you do it all. Okay, they streamline hiring with powerful tools that help you find and match candidates. Now listen, here's one of the tools I love. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description. Ready for this? The moment they sponsor a job. So one of the things I love about Indeed is that Indeed helped me find Whitney from Wisconsin, my assistant, who's turned into more than just an assistant. She actually is like my second brain, and I'm so grateful for Indeed. Okay, so even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements, not every single application. So join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Human Hope. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash Human Hope. Just go to Indeed.com slash Human Hope and support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Human Hope. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Like, I think for something that you do so good, and you've done it many times, even in this podcast, is is teaching people how to see each other and speak life over each other. And it was interesting, Carlos and I were having a conversation earlier today just about having your children, like it was about technology, but like providing something more exciting than the technology, right? So that they would rather be jumping off a cliff or going kayaking or then being in front of their screen. It was about screen time. And I think that that's something that you guys do well in regards to your kids that could be applied to this question is that you speak louder than outside forces. And even when there were outside forces that were speaking or, or maybe twisted a little bit of your kids at different times, you you jumped right in and you're like, nope, nope. Nope. And you pressed and it was brutal, but you pressed and you, you know, you got your children to see themselves again, you know, and I think that that's something that is not done well in our culture. One of the things that when we asked our kids today, what what were the things we did right? One of the things we did wrong, uh, all of them said uh, like bedtime, like stories with dad was the highlight of her life. <laughs> That's so, sweet. And so and so like before they go to bed, I I usually tried to take some sort of a biblical story or something and and tell it with like incredible excitement, joy, <laughs> and fun. 
and made the Bible come to life in our kids' lives. According to them, that's what they said. And that's probably one of their favorite things about growing up. And so I think it's a sin to make the Bible boring. Mm -hmm. And it's parents' job more than anybody else to help them see the, the life that's found in the Word of God. And so if you if you make it dull and drudgery and you don't like it, then they won't either. Right. Yeah. And so what the energy and passion that you bring to teaching the word of God is is how much they'll they'll have. Yeah. They'll never you know, it's like leadership. They'll never be above your leadership. They're going to always be below. And if yours is way low and you're just barely teaching the Bible ever, well, then why would they care? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter to them. Right. And so are they listening for the voice of God? Where they listen to all the thick surrounding voices of the world, and so that's the th- the most important thing is to help them discern and hear the the, the Lord yeah. in the midst of all the crazy and chaos, and yeah. as you would say, debauchery and lust and arrogance and anger and bitterness and jealousy. Yeah, you know all these things that are just awful. Well, how do how do I go? Hold on, can you hear peace? Yeah, can you hear? Yeah. Are you listening for peace? And where did you? What did what did it say? Mm-hmm. That's good. I would say a way to make that happen, especially when they're really little is turning off. I mean, this does sound like, Oh, typical homeschool mom, turn the TV (laughs) off, go outside. Like you want to experience joy and peace and um, imagination. There is so much, (laughs) there's so much out there. And that's what the Wittstroms did that, right? We we were always out hiking together as families. Voice of God. My favorite thing was the what were those big things that we went? What are those manatees? Oh yeah, in Florida we did. I'll I'll link to. I actually have a YouTube vlog. I'll have them link link (laughs) to that exact moment that Heather's talking about where we went. Well, and you know, Ali, I think that um, hearing both you and Blake answer that answer the question, I couldn't ask but you <laughs> but you figured out what i was asking what is is you know the the whole idea of your voice l- let your voice of truth be the thing that they hear the most you know and as you were as you were just talking about how yeah turn the tv off you know like all the voices of debauchery or anger or rage i'm literally hearing you say that but thinking wow every single adult can do this too and probably feel a lot better about life right and so like you know i was actually doing some research for my next book um this afternoon and or this morning and saw that it's so funny because we're worried about our kids seeing things they shouldn't see yet while as we adults are mindlessly scrolling rage on facebook and twitter all day long right. and and what what the research that i read showed was that like 93% of all the content on twitter is actually being created by the extreme left or the extreme right so so 90 something percent of everything we're reading on twitter is extreme like like all of it it's extreme ideology and so whereas the rest of it is where most of of humans live in is in the middle. And so just turn it off. Like if you just stop reading that stuff, then we're not going to be so angry all the time and we're not going to be, and it's the same thing for our kids, you know, like if it works for our kids, it works for us, you know? Right. Yeah. Hey, Carlos, I have some stuff for your book. You ready? Oh, okay. Uh Sweet. 
since 2020, I've just felt like my eyes have been open. Like I want, you know, Lord, give me eyes to see and ears to hear. Yeah. Show me what I need to not, what I need to unlearn yeah. and what you want me to actually learn. And so if, if you think about it, you know, we're told to, uh, to look at and sit down in our living room and we're going to stare at a big screen yeah. and that screen's going to tell us a vision. Yeah. Okay. I have a question for you guys. Um, what's your proudest moment? Not, 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 not like a singular moment, but like something you did and let's take out of like, we don't have to a- answer the spiritual realm, teach them about Jesus, things like that. Literally what it like, like you s- said, the kids all loved reading, you know, you telling them stories. What are some things that are practical for parents, whether they're in faith or not, that they can do that we got your table, we got bedtime stories, but give me a couple other things that you guys were like, I would do that again. For me, it was in 2014. There's this boy that came to my house <laughs> and he went to, he went to um, Home Depot and he had a piece of paper and he'd written down all the things, the tools that he wants. And he was asking me to provide those tools. And I said, well, praise God, every single one of these tools, I have two. So you're going to go home with them. But then he said, could could you provide a woodshop? He was living in an orphanage in Africa. And he said, could could you provide a woodshop for all the rest of my orphans, all, all the rest of my family? And there's 250 orphans in this particular orphanage. And so I, I said, yes. And that meant that he said, I want you to bring your whole family. And so that meant that we were going to have to raise $25,000 and we were poor. We didn't have a lot of money. And so I was like, wow, that seems impossible. How are we going to raise 25,000? But our kids set out together mm-hmm. to do that. They started knitting gloves. You remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They started selling. So you bought some of them, I yeah. think. And uh, whatever they could do, we did sales, big sales, all these different things to try and raise money. And together we did that. And my greatest, probably proudest moment, it was seeing my daughters hold those babies and singing with them and worshiping with them and serving them and uh, cleaning their hair and picking out butts and like helping them, uh, watching the kids share their meals and how happy they were when they sang and how heaven was on earth in this orphanage. But our family all set out together to do that. And um, it radically changed us Mm. in 14. That was just a very powerful moment of Mm. of parenting for us. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I think if I have to choose one thing, like, that I would do again. Is that the question? Sure. Yeah. I would do it doesn't have to be one. It could be a couple, whatever. Part of the perk of homeschooling. And I think I would have done this even if they were in school. It just would have been a little more challenging, I think, um, because they come home with so much work and it's like mm-hmm. their school day doesn't end. It's all day. But because I had them all day, I worked really hard helping them communicate what they're really feeling, which is funny because I wasn't great at communicating what I really felt, but I tried really hard to help them use their words to communicate what was going on in their heart to each other. So when they were upset with one another, like really, I mean, parenting is all about intentionality. So you have to get down on their level and say, okay, Mercy, I want you to tell Montana what she did that hurt you mm-hmm. and then montana i want you to to how does that make you feel you know like just 
sitting in the moment, which takes yes. feels like oh, when gosh. they were little, it felt like, is this season ever going to end? But <laughs> if you do it when they're young, they're so much better at it when they're teenagers. Yeah. That's and a good word. Home. And married. And married. Yeah. Like, and, and something, and I don't even know, they could need counseling over this, but I would say to them, girls, the way you talk to each other and fight with each other is how you're going to fight with your spouse. Yeah. yeah. So you should learn this here yeah. <laughs> so that it's not hard when yeah, you're married. That's great. I love it. That's amazing. You two, we love you so much. This is, uh, been very helpful, honestly, for me. Like I'm, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to start over. Give me some grandkids so I can start <laughs> start to parent them the way that you just. Ex- we don't explained. get to parent our grandkids. Oh, you're right. I can just do whatever yeah. I want with the grandkids. Yeah. It's the best. It's the best. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, I will say that a lot of people don't talk about this, Carlos. Now that my kids are all moving out, Mercy's about to be mar- married, and I've I've had a really hard time with this season. Um, and it's partly because I felt like having kids in my house was the best part of my life. Mm-hmm. And and I'll tell you that at some point you have to look back and go, those were the best years, right? At some uh-huh, point sure. in our lives. And for me, I loved having children in my home. And so it's quiet now and it's it's yeah. sad. It's been a very long, hard, sad season for me. Allie's like, take the shackles off my face. <laughs> I spent all day, every day yeah, for 20, 20 years, right? Six years but, answering all but the questions. But for me, it's been hard. I just want to prepare you, Carlos. It's <laughs> it's actually a lot harder than you think. No, trust me. I know. I, I've watched you sit despondent and depressed <laughs> on your sofa. I've seen. I've seen the pain in your yeah. eyes as all your yeah. beautiful girls yeah. go away. Don't worry. We're, we're, we'll just... Uh, I, I know. I'll, I'll call you crying, bro. I call you crying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love you guys. Thanks for doing this. Absolutely. We love you too. Hey, Carlos, Heather, you guys, you guys are amazing. You're a favorite. Thank you for having us. Oh, I love them. I love them with everything inside of me. Blake, Ali, I am so grateful that you're in my life. And so grateful that you're going to be with me at my 50th birthday party in Montana. I've invited five friends, five couples, because they're all my friends, for seven days in Montana. Because that's what we do when we're 50. We go fish, and uh, I'm excited because this ain't just a boys' fishing trip. I know that there are some very good women fishermen in the, uh, married to these men that are probably better than their husbands. We're all gonna be fishing. I can't. I'm just so grateful. I'm just so grateful. <sighs> Love them. Well, friends, I think that's it. Don't forget. Oh, I've never told you how to go how to get my merch. Instafamilia.com. I n s t a f a m i l i I have never spelled that out loud. Uh, Instafamilia.com. Code is SUMMER, all caps. Only going to last for a few more days when you listen to this. So please, 15% off. Wipe out my merch store. Get everything out of there so I can get y'all some fresh stuff. Dr. Delight, can you hit it, please? Hey, hey, hey. Y'all know men, women, and children. Hope is in the building. You got it? Ready? Men, women, and children. Hope is in the building. All right, fam. That's it. Thanks for hanging out with Blake, Allie, Heather, and myself. What a great episode. So much good stuff. I'll see you next week for the last of the parenting series. And listen, this is a good one. If you're a working mom and you feel in any way, shape, or form that there is any shame in your game, uh uh-uh, no more. Working mothers are just 
as important as stay-at-home moms. You heard me say it. I said it here first. Okay? No shame in your game. Next week, we got the one and only Paula Ferris of The View fame, Good Morning America fame, ABC News fame, all this stuff. Now she's just my friend. Paula Ferris is coming. And we're talking about working moms next week. See you then.